When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast with me, Johnny McFarlane. Today I'm joined by both Scott McDermott, as usual, and Mr. Gavin Berry. Gav, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Johnny. (laughs) (laughs) He's excited to be here. You can see his little face. He's smiling away, despite the fact we're going to touch on some quite serious topics, (laughs) the least of which is, of course, Rangers' uh, defeat and uh, being knocked out of the Scottish Cup by hearts. Uh, we'll also touch on the Braga game and look ahead to what's in store and Hamilton in midweek. Scott, we're going to start right away with a big burning question. Everybody is asking, is time up for Steven Gerrard? No, not in my eyes, Johnny. Um, I think after Saturday actually, um, hearing Steven Gerrard's reaction, seeing how much it hurt him, uh, it was obviously in the press conference at Tynecastle post-match, Um I actually think it made me believe more that he is the man for Rangers and Rangers as a club need to stick with him. Uh, I think he's on the right track, obviously going through a really difficult time at the moment and no, he was right on Saturday, that was probably the lowest it's been since he, since he came into the job. Um, but what do Rangers do? I mean, I never thought for a minute that Gerard would uh, would walk away from the job. Yeah, I just don't think that's in his nature. He'll want to succeed, they want to win things, no matter how long it takes. Um, and for the club's point of view, <clears throat> I don't see where or who they would get, um, no, where they would go or who they would get that's any better than, than Steven Gerrard. Listen, he's put... It's a massive body blow to go out to that Scottish Cup. Um, two seasons without a trophy... It was almost unthinkable when, when Gerard took the job, but there's no getting away for the fact that there's been no real building blocks put in place, real progress. They're, they're better again this season than they were last season. Um, so to answer your question, no, I don't think he's, he's time's up at Rangers. I've said before on here, if at the start of next season, when Rangers are trying to stop 10 in a row, if there are any early hiccups, and I know Gav's touched on this as well in the in the paper, then he'll come under no pressure that he's he'll have never experienced before, uh, either as a player or a manager. But for now, no, I still very much believe that, that Gerard's the man for the job. I think that is the big I think Scott just touched on the issue there. We, we did a feature in the paper today myself and um our resident Rangers blogger Jimmy Curry talking about you know the jury being out on Stephen Gerrard and then um, I think it's an interesting stat and it tells you everything that no Rangers manager in the 147 year history of the club has failed to win two trophies in their opening two seasons and started a third season and across the whole of the old firm there's only two guys who have done it Jimmy McGrory way back in the 40s 
for Celtic and then Liam Brady. I think Liam Brady's probably the one who's most comparable to Steven Gerrard just now. Rookie manager, superstar midfielder, you know, throwing themselves in a deep end at the old firm against dominant rivals. He had two seasons, no trophies, and started the third, so he's the last to do it. But as Scott said there, I mean, he actually left in the October. And the problem is, if you do not hit the ground running in that the start of that third season, and you have, you know, well, let's say, for example, they were drawn away to Hearts in the League Cup, you know, quarterfinal, for example, people are suddenly going to be saying, oh, God, here we go again, or if it's Kilmarnock away, or, or, or they might even get, you know, Celtic. If, if that trophy then, you know, gets away from you and yeah. Celtic have and that, and that's up, early, that's you know, early in the season. That, that I, I think, yeah, and that's early in the so. season. And that then becomes the problem because the people who, I mean, f- fans are already split. We have to say this for some... I, I don't t- think they are split. Well, for some I people... Think, I think for, a lot of them are. A lot I, of I saw them. a fan poll the other day, 75% of fans backed Stephen Gerrard. That's a huge amount by any, by any standard. Right. Okay, because he's losing credit. Oh, no, no, there's no doubt about that. No, no, he's losing credit, and those who remain in favour of him have doubts now. There's no doubt there are some doubts in the back of their mind, and that's what I'm saying, slip-ups. His his biggest problem here is that the wheels come off completely this season. If Celtic end up, if Celtic won the next Old Firm game, or Rangers dropped more points before... um, Celtic drop any more points and the, that gap gets bigger and bigger it starts to become a real problem for him that, that's a, that, that, you're 100% right Gav and that may be the case uh-huh. 10 games from now if Rangers lose the two old firm games and it's a completely different situation but given the information we have in front of us at the moment I think mm-hmm. it's important to look at this question in context where were Rangers when he took over yeah. well they were in complete disarray a yeah. total disaster all the leading pundits in Scottish football were saying Rangers are on the verge, they're miles off it. There's, mm-hmm. there's a chasm, the gap is a chasm between Rangers and Celtic. Yeah, certain and, people were saying Rangers would need 100 million and yeah, it would take five years 20 to be in a row before again. they can challenge yeah. all that. Yeah, and, and what Gerard has done in 18 months. Well, that's undeniable, yeah. yeah. It has yeah, been totally. to shorten that gap. Yeah. Now, when he was in charge uh, initially, he was tasked with getting closer to Celtic. Yes. There's no doubt in my mind they've done that. Yep. They've beaten Celtic at Ibrox. They've beaten them at Parkhead. They pushed them extraordinarily close in the, in the Betfred Cup final and only for a performance for the ages by Fraser Foster mm-hmm. that they don't have their names on yeah. that trophy. Yeah, yeah. They've also added levels of quality to that squad in terms of not just players in the squad, yeah. but that they can sell on. Players yeah. like Joe Rebo, players like Connor Goldson. You may not like Connor Goldson. Yep. Rangers will be able to sell him for money. Yep, yep. Tavernier, they can sell, who was already there, but has improved his reputation, I would argue, even if he isn't in the best form at the moment. Borna Barisic. Yep. Um, there's a number of them uh, in there where he's added value to that Rangers yeah. squad. I, I heard someone say the other day, well, Gerrard spent 20 million. You know, he should have won a trophy. Yeah. I think... I think people need to get real about yeah, where okay. Rangers were when he yeah, came exactly. in. Yeah, yeah, okay, no, I get 20 that. million is lot, not no, a lot no, of money. No, no, I get that. And, um, yeah, and there's a whole professionalism. I mean, we've spoken to players. We see it for ourselves when we go for a, to a press conference at the Rangers training ground. Uh, the media room is totally changed. Yeah. Uh, the whole, is, everything is spruced up. The dining areas, you know, many, you know, I think even Clint Hill touched on it when he came back for the Liverpool Legends game, how it was unrecognisable. You know, yeah, the standards have been raised incredibly. Yeah, absolutely. In, in terms of that, he has done a 
magnificent job. But as a Rangers manager and or as a Celtic manager, you are just measured against the other. And you're saying twenty million pounds isn't a lot. But the thing is, it doesn't matter. That that doesn't matter. I mean, we touched on guy earlier there about like Liam Brady, or and it was the same when Rangers were winning nine in a row. Celtic were spitting managers spitting managers out. That because you are judged against the other one, regardless of the funds. So, but Liam Brady was spending one point seven million on Stuart Slater, one point one million on Tony Cascarino. This is nearly thirty years ago. You know, Rangers in context are not. You know, the twenty million now no, but is, is, is buttons. But it's all rel- no. But it was relative. Rangers were spending mo- much more back then than Celtic were spending. Yeah, I know. But I'm talking about in terms of the um, what, how much is a is a one point seven million pound signing thirty years ago now in terms of the way the transfer market is. Yeah, has, I don't know. But I don't know. But Ryan Kent seven. Well, I don't think is that, that seven that million now gets you a player that can come in and torture the average yeah. Premiership defence. Right. Whereas I think 30 years ago, Brian Loudrup was... Sorry, not even 30 years ago. When Brian Loudrup came to the club, it was, what, 2.5 million? And yeah. he was a guy who came in who was clearly a world away from the, the rest of the league. Yeah. So I think we need to contextualise everything based on the fact that okay. an average Championship player now, like Britt Asamalonga, I think, how do you pronounce that, Scott? Some ah, he went for fifteen million quid yeah. uh, to Nottingham Forest. <coughs> yeah, yeah, but but, 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 all, but none of this really matters. What? Because the point is that Gerard, Stephen Gerrard will ultimately be judged on, on whether on whether he stops, on whether he wins the league. So it doesn't matter. I mean, you, you, I mean, we can talk about how yes, standards have improved. You know, we aren't doubting that, that they right? are closer to sales. Is that right? Well, no, but, no. no, but that's Scottish football. That, that is it. That is, You're right. Yeah, well, but, what but was it depends. It? it depends how you look at it. No, Rangers fans. There will be some Rangers fans who agree with you, and I've spoken to some of them myself, who just think stopping 10 in a row is the be-all and end-all. It doesn't matter how they get it. Yeah. doesn't matter who's in charge. It doesn't matter how much money they spend. It must be stopped yeah. next season. And I get that, right? That, yeah. And you're right, that is Scottish football, and that's the old firm. And I, and I think ultimately, no, if I was really pushed on it, that probably is where Gerard will be judge because I, I no I've said it myself I think if there are hiccups at the start of next season no the pressure becomes too much um, and I think decisions will be made but I think there will be cert- there will be punters who look at it and think no a bit like what Johnny's saying no we think he where Rangers were mm-hmm. no if you'd assess to them no within three years of Stephen Gerrard you'll be You'll be up there challenging again. You'll be fighting for trophies. You'll yeah. be latter stages in Europe. I think they would have taken it. I think I think a lot of punters are willing, no, because of the pain that they've suffered, the real pain mm-hmm. in terms of where they've been third division, liquidation, all the rest of it. I think now they're willing to kind of put up with us t- t- until he gets it right. Yeah. Even if that means you give up 10 in a row and sell to have a couple, a couple more years of yeah. dominance to because, get Rangers properly challenging again. Sorry, to back up your point, Johnny, and what you're saying, so I'm, I was just playing devil's advocate yeah, there, yeah. But, but to back up your point, um, I mean, he's beaten uh, Porto and he's had two great European runs, particularly last season when they get to the knockout stage. They beat Porto, they beat Feyenoord, uh, Braga home and away, get to the you know last 16. I mean, absolutely magnificent. Um, he could have fluked 
a Betfred Cup by beating Livingston. He could have had an easy run and won the League Cup the way, you know, like a Ross County. Yeah. I'm not saying they flicked it, but, you know, Ross County and Livingston, who have won League Cups before, he could have won a League Cup with any... The city of... Well, the no. town of Dingwall will <laughs> yeah, be no, going sorry. mad over this. <laughs> um, no, he could have he could have uh, had an easy Cup run. Absolutely. Celtic might have gone out and he'd won the Betfred Cup, which would have got uh, paid a fraction of the prize money that he's uh, brought in in Europe. Yeah, incredibly, just because... What we use to judge people, managers in the old firm, is just against the other. Um, it would have been deemed more successful than beating Porto and Feyenoord and all that. But that, but that is the environment we're in. He signed up for that, and that won't change. I, I don't necessarily that think that is that healthy, and I think it's important we contextualise everything on this podcast in the context of a larger world. Sometimes we get caught up in the bubble. No, and, and, and but, but let me let me finish. Sorry. So all I would say is. I think the circumstances that Gerard took over were lar- are largely different than any other Rangers manager, with, apart from perhaps Pedro Cascina, Mark Warburton. Mm-hmm. These guys have come into um, a club that has needed rebuilt from the bottom up, and all three are good technical coaches, in my opinion, and all three have struggled with the same issues, largely. Um, issues of recruitment, issues of trying to make the most out of a budget, issues yeah. going up against a behemoth of a, well, of a Celtic issues side. Issues of breeding winners and breeding a winning mentality that takes, takes time. As, it takes time as and success. But one of my frustrations about what I read around this Gerard thing is, and why I'm talking about reframing the context, a lot of this, the, the same pundits, commentators and people on social media that were saying... Gerard has no chance. Rangers are bringing in a rookie. He'll never get close to Celtic. Look at Celtic's budget. He'll not get close. He'll implode. Are the ones that are now saying, 18 months in, oh, well, he must go. He's a dud. He's, he's not done it. Rangers haven't won any trophies. He spent a fortune. Ergo, he's not a success. Yeah. I, I'm not sure how you can take both positions but, and but, be taken seriously. Yeah. Th- th- this is nuanced. It's not just... Gerard hasn't won trophies and therefore he is a failure. Yeah, but, but that, yeah I know, I get, I get what you mean. And you're saying we'll try and look at the bigger picture, but the bottom line is that is the way fans of Rangers and indeed Celtic judge. So, And ultimately, ultimately, if that is what they used to judge, then if he doesn't, if he doesn't succeed in doing that, then they will then decide... It'll go because when as soon as they turn, yeah, exactly. then, then, that, that, then, that's true. Then, then the board will make the decision. But and also, you're talking here about the task of um, catching Celtic and bridging the gap to Celtic. But in terms of Saturday's result here, we're talking about losing to a Hearts team that's bottom of the league. Yeah, exactly. And and hasn't. I mean, we're we're talking here about th- that job yeah. and how difficult that is. But but beating Hearts to to lose to Hearts twice. Um, a Hearts team that are bottom in the league and haven't beaten any top flight teams in the last three months, other than Rangers twice. So that's a different argument. That's not about Celtic and yeah, bridging that, the gap to Celtic. And that's why, it's that's, import- that's why it's important, I'm sure we'll get into it, despite everything we're saying about Gerrard and the progress, it's clear that there are still issues to be dealt with, there are changes yeah. to be made, big decisions yeah. to be made so in the summer. Let's drill into that, Scott. How on earth can you go to Braga, win home and away perform in such a way that Rangers were really unlucky not to win that by more goals over there against a team that are really doing terrifically well in Portugal so well that the the guy who was put in charge of Braga a couple of months ago is now being tipped to move straight on to Sporting Lisbon, the second biggest club in the whole country and one of the bigger clubs in Europe, you'd say the top 50 clubs. 
how can they fail? They do so well against that team and then come back against a struggling Hearts bottom of the league and place with such a poverty-stricken performance. How does it happen? Mentality, Johnny. We've said it before. I know it's cliched. I know you dispute it. I'm starting times. to come round to it. I've uh, got to be honest, but. No, certain players in that Rangers squad, it's undeniable now. No, simply don't fancy going to places like Tynecastle and Rugby Park and having to scrap it out and having to fight for points and having to no, grind out a result. They just don't fancy it. Just on that, um, there were some comments made on Rangers TV by Michael Beale. He said the following last week. He said the style of play is very similar to the talking about Europa League. Yeah. The style of play is very similar to the Premier League or the Champions League or Continental Leagues. I think in Scotland we play football in a way that is very unique to Scotland. Not many other places play football like that. I think long balls lead to a lot of unpredictability in football, and in the game you take the press off the first pass. And if the first pass goes into your 18-yard box, as it does in Scotland, then it's difficult. I think the games are refereed in a certain way and I think the games in Europe are played less physically and more technically. It suits a lot of the players we have. See if your first team coach is coming out with those statements, Scott, and, and fundamentally I actually <laughs> I agree with a lot of what he's saying. I don't but think see it helps. Does it help? Doesn't it help? Doesn't help. Neither does Ryan Kent's comments post-Braga yeah. talking about how these players are more suited to you know, being the underdog. I mean, I'm sorry if, if, you, if you feel more comfortable playing as an underdog then don't don't sign for Rangers because you know, 99 games out of 100 you're going to be expected to win and that can be against Celtic it can be against you know, top teams in Europe that's how big Rangers are that's the expectation that the fans have um, but I think although it doesn't help I think it actually it highlights what I'm trying to say about the mentality that is the problem with, with certain players in that in that dressing room is that Going away from home, Ibraga, no, on a nice surface, nice pitch, Europa League, a team coming at you, no, going end to end, you can play your own system, your own style, um, that suits a lot of these players, um, but going to Tynecastle um, and basically having to get involved in a scrap, um, no, let's not beat about the bush, that's, that's what it was on Saturday, it was a horrible, horrible night, the pitch wasn't great. No, Hearts have got no forum, so they're only going to play one one way. Um, no, players like Naismith, who I thought was outstanding, that's another argument altogether as to why Rangers uh, didn't go and get him. I thought there was one leader on that pitch on Saturday night, and it was Naismith. Rangers didn't have anybody like him. Um, and basically, these players, as I say, no, just, just don't fancy it. I mean... Gavel back up when you're at Tynecastle, it's probably the best ground in the country in terms of your position you know, in the press box for being close to the dugout and close to the, the pitch. And just watching some of the players, I mean, given what was at stake, and that's why Stephen Gerrard you know, was so utterly dejected when he came into the, the press room on Saturday, watching the players, watching their reaction to how things were going. Um, it was a real telltale sign of, of bigger problems in there. Just to take this on a little bit, Gav, um, Celtic have all these same problems. Everything Michael Beale said, it might be true, but Celtic have the same issues and they have overcome them. Why can Celtic still play passing, attractive, technical football 
under Brendan Rodgers first and now under Neil Lennon, while it's a bit more direct, is still very entertaining to watch. Why can they overcome that and Rangers can't? Is it, as Scott says, it's simply about mentality or is there a deeper issue with the quality of player in that squad? I think a bit of both. Um, well, I think mentality first because you know guys like Scott Brown, James Forrest, Callum McGregor have been over the course before. Christopher Julian's another one uh, who's risen to the occasion, scored about eight goals from yeah. centre-half. Yeah. All important goals. But, ju- yeah, but just to, tu- but to touch on your point just briefly, I mean... They don't play scintillating football every week. No. I mean, Aberdeen a couple of weeks ago was the worst I've seen Celtic play in a long time. Yeah. Still dug it, dug it yeah. a 2-1 I was, victory. I, I mean, was working at the Hamilton game as well, where it took until you talk about Julian, it took his goal against late on. Te- ten man against 10-man Hamilton. Um, man Hamilton. The, the, I was there on Sunday, McDermott Park, working at the game. Same again, conditions were horrendous. But that's the thing, they find a way. Yeah. They find a way. It's, I mean, you're saying what? Quality of player, yes. Bigger squad, so maybe when key men uh, have been missing, you know, they don't feel it as much as Rangers would when Morelos has been out. You know, relying a lot on Morelos. But it's to do with his hunger and desire. I've yeah. said it on here for the last couple of weeks and people probably think it's too simple. No, you're, you're saying it on social media and guys are getting back to you talking about systems, informations. And that. The basics of football to be successful, hunger, desire, determination. Celtic have got that. Rangers have it in certain games. Backs against the wall late on in Braga. They they show it. Um, No, they show that kind of quality. Um, But no, that that hunger, Stephen Gerrard said it himself, no, arguably the most telling quote of all on Saturday night, and his quotes were brilliant, were that, no, when he actually said, I'm desperate to win here, and I'm, I'm desperate uh, to win things, but I look at these players and wonder yeah, if they feel right. the same. But that, that, that summed that, up. That would be my con- that that would be have to be the concern then, because you're you know, we're talking about long term, you know. Something has to change, you know, and and I'm not you know, I'm not I'm not necessarily saying Stephen Gerrard should go, but something needs to drastically change because you cannot have a third season like the previous two. So what what changes you either well, well listen, know, and, and, and that's why the manager often goes because something has to go, and, and it's usually the manager that pays the price. Scott, when Stephen Gerrard first arrived, I remember making this pointedly, this point pointedly on the podcast, which was I think Stephen Gerrard came in with an idea how he wanted to play. All these coaches nowadays they call it their game model. This is my philosophy. This is how I want to play, and I think he wanted to play like Liverpool: high press, aggressive, powerful. Yep. Now, that was further exacerbated, that idea, by how Rangers performed in Europe. All these initial games in his first season in charge, he was playing against European opposition, and I think that further cemented the idea, this is the way I want my team to play, this is in the Gerrard image, um, and this is going to be great. Unfortunately, Scottish football is different. Scottish football is not the same as European football in terms of the way it's refereed, in terms of the way it's played, in terms of the predilection towards second balls. And I think that game model does not necessarily suit success in Scottish football. If it does, it will require a lot of training, a lot of adaptation, a lot of quality players. I think this season what we've seen is Rangers move towards a much more technical type of football than even last season. This season they've got the biggest percentage of possession of any club in the league, including Celtic. In Premiership matches, 67% of ball retention on average. 67%. Celtic are 63 so 
they are even more technical in my view this season than they were last. They're even more technical in the second half of this season than they were last because they've added Ianis Hadji, who's a very, very technically gifted player. I think Steven Gerrard needs to go and have a wee think about Walter Smith's sides of the late noughties and how they pulverise teams with power. At times, it wasn't particularly nice to look at. At times, it was eye-watering, eye-bleeding football. But they won every week. They had that physicality just to say, okay, this is a fight, let's fight, let's do it. Yeah. And they, they got through. Yeah. And, and I think the, there's a move towards building something that is more equipped to, towards a, a, an idea and a game model and a philosophy that doesn't really sit that comfortably with Scottish football. It will work. If you have enough quality there, it'll work. But yeah. I worry about it. But the other thing is... From that point to, of view, from Rangers' point of view. The other thing you have to... It, it comes back to, and we discussed it. I remember the three of us actually sitting doing a video on the day, you know, the story broke that Stephen Gerrard was coming in. Is yeah. He is, he's in his first managerial job. He's 39. He's inexperienced. He's, he's not got much experience. So he yeah. is an inexperienced manager. I mean, you're talking about Walter Smith there, mm. you know, coming up with tactics. Walter Smith, when he in the late noughties, um, you know, was in his second spell at Rangers. He had so much experience. Stephen Gerrard, you know, he doesn't have that. He's an, he is an inexperienced manager. Yeah, and he'll know. I mean, Stephen Gerrard has made mistakes, but nobody has to tell him. <laughs> but no, this, I don't think him this, he'll know that's true but the argument is is he learning from those mistakes that's the argument I see over and over again on social media you went to Tyne Castle and you lost 2-1 you go back yes Hearts didn't play with that high line but it was that battle element but, but how, what can Steven Gerrard do about that what, what, what can Steven Gerrard do about players no running or players no going into tackles or players no winning he, I mean, what, what can Steven Gerrard do about Connor Goldson and George Empson losing every high ball to Stephen Naismith in there. I mean, there's nothing. Stephen Gerrard knows the type of game it's going to be at Tynecastle. He's told us a million times <coughs> that he's he's relayed that to the players. I mean, after being there three or four times, if these players don't know what kind of game they're going to get at Tynecastle, I mean, they really shouldn't be there. I don't know what else. It, of course, you can you know, talk about tactics and formations and different styles and obviously Morelos being out it was a blow to them no, that might have changed things I'm not too sure how much but ultimately I go back to the fact if you've not got players who are willing to put in the same shift on the Sunday when it's raining and it's horrible at Tynecastle um, as they did on the Wednesday night when it was nice and sunny in Portugal then I don't know what the manager can do about that Gav, one of the, one of the things that has been discussed on the back of today's press conference, uh, Gerard's talking about the discussions that are going to take place with the board right. to move forward. Uh, at some point in the near future, they're going to sit down and discuss the plan to take Rangers to the next stage. I'm going to say something quite controversial here, um, but I think Stephen Gerrard needs to have a think about someone like Yanis Hadji compared to the type of player that he could bring in. I'll, I'll tell you what, I think Hadji's a terrific player. I think Rangers should try and bring him in. But if money's short and there's only a certain amount of players that you can come in, I would take Lewis Ferguson over Yanis Hadji. Mm -hmm. Do I think Lewis Ferguson's a better player than Yanis Hadji? No, I do not. But do I think Lewis Ferguson could give you 10 goals from set pieces from midfield? Do I think he could give you the requisite bite in tough games in the league? Yes, I do. Do I think he will bring you on in the Europa League? Maybe not. I think Yanis Hadji will give you more there. Mm -hmm. But this is about, I think, Rangers need to add physicality, strength and premiership experience to the team. Scott, attack that position. 
No, I agree with you. Um, I mean, if you could get Hadji and Ferguson in, uh, well, no, you would you would go for it. I, I've spoken about Lewis Ferguson on here before in terms of Rangers. God, I think it was nearly a year ago talking about how Rangers should test the water. Um, I think it was before Lewis Ferguson signed his new deal at Aberdeen. I thought he was the exact type that Rangers needed, uh, as you say, that bit of physicality, but not no even so much physicality, more that wee bit of nastiness about him. Um, no, he can be horrible even for a young player. He's got that in him. No, it probably came for Barry and that <laughs> uh, b- before him. So, um, no, he'd be a great sign, but the problem is he's going to cost a lot of money uh, now to get him for Aberdeen. You've got a real, you're going to have a real job in your hands. Um, but that type of player... I agree with you. I think they need more physicality. They need more of that winner. It's hard to. I'm talking. I'm sitting here talking about mentality and breeding winners. No, where do you get them? No, Stephen Gerrard probably thought when he when he brings no Connor Goldson in or uh, no whoever else that, that that they had that in them. But up until now, it's uh, they've not really shown yeah, it. I don't, um, I don't know how you instill that. I mean, I, I I don't know how you instill it into someone. I remember. Somebody telling me when the season that um, Walter Smith signed Stephen Whitaker and Kevin Thompson when there was a wobble that season, it looked yeah. as if they might lose the league. That Walter Smith, in fact, they may, maybe even they spoke about it themselves, both players. But I remember somebody saying that it got to a point where they had to sit the pair of them down to almost say, you know, this is what it means to play for Rangers. Obviously, they came from Hibs, good reputation, good, you know, young players, but had to kind of spell it out to them here's what it means and this kind of to get that mentality in them obviously they developed that mentality over time but maybe maybe some just don't have it I mean I don't know maybe you can I, I think you need others to take people along yeah it's exactly. like you know James Tavenier it's, like, it's like Scott Brown taking people yeah, along exactly. it's Celtic you're not telling me no Jozo Simonovic and no no volleyball and goalie or whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm those, these guys only coming in as born winners. Do you know what I mean? But they get carried along with the Browns and the McGregors yeah. and the, the people like that. Hundred percent. Celtic have got three or four big personalities who come up: James yeah. Forrest, Scott Brown, Odson Edward, Callum McGregor. I would actually, I would say Julian. To would, be honest, I would add Ryan Christie to that. Yeah, as well. yeah so there's six there off yeah. the top of our heads. Well, I'll say something. No, maybe a wee bit controversial in terms of. Big decisions. We're going to get ourselves in trouble here on Twitter. Big decisions that need to be made. I think in the summer, Gerard will look at the captaincy and and maybe change it. I don't. Um, I think Tavernier, as much as I'm a big fan as a player, I'm not saying I would sell him. I think as a right back in the Scottish Premiership, absolutely fine. Probably the best there is at the moment in terms of what he gives you. But I think James Tavernier, whether he likes it or not, is now... No, synonymous with failure at Rangers, failure to win no trophy after trophy. I think in terms of the no the guy himself, I get the feeling just watching him on Saturday that the armbands maybe even weighing him down a bit now. I think no, he probably wouldn't admit it publicly, but you might find if you took it off him, it might actually free him up. A little bit, take a bit of the pressure the, off. You take a massive personality to come back from having your the armband yeah. taken off you. Amoruso is the only one I can think of. Yeah, it then becomes difficult, doesn't it, for him? I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure. I get the feeling with Tavernier, listen, he'd be gutted about it. Mm. it. No, initially, I don't doubt that. But that pressure that he's under, 
no people like me talking like this about no how many trophies they've no won while he's been captain, how many semi finals, finals, quarter finals they've lost out on. I just wonder now whether taking it off him might actually help him. And as I say, that's no it's no necessarily a criticism of him as a player. I like him. No, I like him as a guy. The few times that we've we've spoken to him, that's fine. But in terms of fun, we're talking about Stephen Gerrard having to make fundamental changes in the summer to somehow try and turn this around for Rangers. And I think changing the captaincy would be one of them. What I would say is, <laughs> looking at replacement captains in that squad is difficult. And I think that highlights where Rangers are and why they're having these problems that we're talking about because I don't think there's a lot of contenders there. And just to play devil's advocate on that, if you look at the Premier League down in England, how many players, can you name five that strike you as the Richard Goff style leader? Because but, but, I, I, but, I, I don't but, think but, they're prevalent. You've just said, you've just said, two, minutes, you've football, just said two minutes ago the Premier League's completely different to Scottish football. In Premier leagues like European football. So, so let me clarify what, I'm, somebody say, to... what I'm saying is I don't know if those type of leaders are around full stop. I don't think the current generation are the same as the one of 25 years ago where they came through from tough backgrounds because they no, had to I, fight I, and scrap to get there. I don't... People, I, I hear I agree, pros I agree. saying all the time that there isn't the level of leadership in football that. that there once was. So do you just stick with a captain... That doesn't win trophies. What if you put Richard Goff into that Rangers dressing room? Would he not just make mincemeat out of them? Is that not the concern that that the young players now and players in general respond to a different type of management than they would have, and that sometimes we tend to look back with you know a misty-eyed sense of uh, nostalgia towards a time when the, the captain wore his heart on his no, sleeve think, and Terry Butcher right. was covering think, blood for England. No, I think you're right. Times but, have moved but on. That, but you're getting away from the, the point. My, my point is Rangers need to change things this summer. So I think we're all agreed, given what we've said about Gerard, that he doesn't need to rip it up and start again. So mm. it has to make you know, key signings and key changes to somehow alter the mentality that we're talking about and get Rangers winning again. And I'm just saying, I think one of the things that will be going through his mind is, do I need to change the captaincy? Might it just trigger something? Might it trigger something positive in Tavernier as much as he'd be uh, you know, disappointed initially? And might it just spark something? Whether it's somebody that you bring in, whether you go with a McGregor uh, or a Goldson, uh or a Ryan Jack, some just somebody different to try and take that that role on. I, I think that will be in his mind because I mean he said the day, similar to uh, no, he said on Saturday. What he said the day at the press conference is the challenge for him is to find the solutions. No, he's got to find a solution to somehow turning this around, and I think that might be that might be one of them. What do you make of that, Gav? Um, Gav's on the fence. So, so, no, <laughs> Oh, do, 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 do. Sorry, do you fell asleep there, <laughs> <laughs> listen to us ranting at each other for the last 10 minutes. No, I mean, do you, do you think James Tavernier could have an issue in his hands with, in terms of the captaincy? No, I agree with Scott. No, actually, I do agree with that. Um, I just don't think he is inspirational in the way that we're saying that Scott Brown is for Celtic. Um, but I do think you then have a problem. I, I think if you take it off him, you have a problem. I think you... Well, A, who do you give it to? Possibly Alan McGregor. But I think... It would be difficult for him um, 
I think his uh, would be difficult for him to hang around at Rangers once you've had the cap been relieved of the caps. But listen, it could maybe Stephen Gerrard needs a new right back. Well, let, let, let's just let's move. Well, <laughs> that's opening up another can of worms. Let's talk about Alfredo Morelos. Um, you know, we don't. We, we've only got five minutes left, so let's just touch on it. Um, disciplinary issue. He went back to Colombia. His mother was unwell, and uh, was given the permission by Stephen Gerrard to go and uh, spend time with her. Um, he was given the strict proviso that he had to be back by, I think it was Wednesday morning, um, and he didn't turn up for 24 hours uh, until after that, which uh, meant him, he was late, and Stephen Gerrard, I think, felt highly let down, because I don't think it's the first time that uh, Morelos has turned up uh, coming back from Colombia a little bit beyond the time that he was supposed to be returning. Um, Scott, this was a, it was a huge game against Hearts, quarter-final, Rangers had to win it. The reason we're having this discussion is because they didn't. Did, did Steven Gerrard have a choice to make here? Um, could he have put Alfredo Morelos in? Or do you think that he had to make a stand and say no man is bigger than this club? I think he had to take a stand. Uh, I think he was right. It cost Rangers. I'm not sure what it cost him. No, if Morelos would have started, would they have won the game or at least drawn it? Depends what Morelos. Yeah, I mean, there's every chance. It's, it's hypothetical. I just think Stephen Gerrard has backed Alfredo Morelos to the hilt. No, he's given him support, probably a lot of which we don't even see or hear about. Um, and I think on Saturday, or certainly last week, you know, Morelos basically took his manager right to the right to the brink. Um, and Gerrard, you no know, talking about going away and thinking and making decisions. Um, about going forward, I think Morelos will be at the forefront of that in terms of what he does with them. Um, because it is getting, <laughs> it's almost getting a bit tiresome now in terms of how much he's actually costing Rangers. You no, know, we've heaped praise on him in here in terms of the goal contribution and um, what he's done this season. But you, know, you think back last season. No, he picked up a booking against Air United that was unnecessary. Uh, probably cost Rangers a League Cup semi-final against Aberdeen. And Gerard had to go with uh, Sadiq up front. Um, you then look at the final, the Betfred final this year. No, Morelos played well in the game, but missed a host of chances, including a penalty. Uh, I know it's not to do with discipline, but no, the key... Kiro we'd expect your centre forward to score that score that penalty. And then now, no, he's cost him again in a cup cup quarter final, um against uh, against Hearts when Rangers really needed him. Uh, and I just wonder now whether Gerard's at the end he's at the end he's tether. And for the players' point of view, it seems ridiculous because if you're Morelos and you want to go to the Premier League, which we think he does, and Make loads of money and you no know, do what he wants to do in his career. He's he's you no know, going about it completely the wrong way because I think his value is decreasing rapidly as this as this goes on. Um, and Gerard's I mean Gerard's got to pick a team for Wednesday night. And I see a lot of lot of Rangers fans on social media. No, saying it's almost automatic. Morelos has served his punishment. He must come back in for the Hamilton game. I'm not so sure. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Camberry starts up front and Morelos is, in the, is on the bench. Gav, do you support a hard line stance? Absolutely. I don't think Gerard had any 
alternative. I thought it was telling a couple of weeks ago, actually, at Stephen Gerrard's press conference when he was being asked about Morelos, and he said he is my big, he's my biggest challenge, yep. he's my biggest test, yep. you know. And then, you know, when we were looking for or expecting him to offer sympathy, you know, because of um, some of the issues that he's had to face, he, he kind of basically said, "Well, all players, you know." Uh, have issues, you know, and they've, you know, they've just got to deal with it, you know. You sense then that maybe his patience was wearing a bit thin, but we keep trying to trace back where Rangers' problems since the start of the year have come from. You go back to his red card at um, Celtic Park, when he could have scored. You know, so much um, has come from that day, that, that incident. Then with a translate gate, I just think it becomes, <laughs> you know, translate gate and everything else. It just, it, tiresome is the word. Scott used it, it just becomes a bit of a kind of circus and I think Gerard could do without it. Scott, I was getting a bit of stick on social media because um, we did a piece for Record Sport Online where we looked at the values of each player at Rangers and Celtic. I did the Rangers one and I put a 20 million valuation on Alfredo Morelos. Now at the time, he was firing on all fronts, top scorer in the Europa League and looked on course to come very, very close to beating Marco Negri's incredible 33-goal pile-up before the, yep. the, the, the end of the, the, the calendar year. Um, in terms of where he is now, can Rangers realise the value of this asset to anywhere like that level, given the way he's performing, and, unless he turns it round sharpish? Not at the moment, no. I mean, I think you're right. He's got he's got to turn it round, sharpish. If he's uh, if he's looking to get a big move in the summer, mm. in terms of the English Premier League, Alfredo Morelos is already up against it in terms of the perception of Scottish football. Because you no, know, I know for a fact that you no know, managers in England have looked at Morelos, and you no, know, he's actually been recommended to managers. That that I know that I know of, and despite his goal scoring record, even when he was flying at the start of this season, their reservation is no. But it's only Scotland. It's only Scottish football. He's only scoring against you no know, Ross County and Hamilton, etc. Yeah. So he's up against it from the off. If managers are then looking in and seeing bad enough when it's disciplinary problems on the pitch in terms of getting sent off and picking up bookings, when they then see no, and listen to Stephen Gerrard on Saturday night, utterly despairing about this guy in terms of the trust they put in him. Because Stephen Gerrard wouldn't have wanted Morelos. Gerrard's natural instinct would have been to say no to Morelos about going back to Colombia. Because I'm sorry, when you're playing on a Sunday and the next game's on a Saturday, six days, and it's a Scottish Cup quarter-final, a crucial a game, to allow your main striker, no, your talisman, to go to South America in that space of time, Gerald wouldn't have wanted it. But obviously in the circumstances and how he feels about the boy um, and the relationship they've got, he put his trust in him and let, let him go. And he's been let down badly. So if you're, if you're managers in England or Spain or whatever looking in on that, then of course you're going to be put off trying to go and sign him. Gav, is this a case of football's dark arts? Is Alfredo Morelos upset that he's not had his big money move? Did he feel like he was going to get one in January? Don't get to speak to him. You know, you can't even get a feel for what may. So, I mean, you're just speculating that it might be this or it might be that. I I honestly couldn't say. You'd be surprised if it came as a shock to him, Scott, that 
he wasn't sold. If if he was going, if this if this is this line of thinking was was correct, given that Steven Gerrard said over and over and over again that he wouldn't he wouldn't get sold, but you, you do wonder what the agents are saying to him because, as you say, he's got it all stacked up against him as it is to get a big money move. He needs to keep performing. The minute he gives anyone the opportunity to strike his name off a list. They're going to strike it off because there's so yeah. many reasons to strike it off. Yeah. You do wonder about the advice he's been given uh, from outside the Rangers and what, what he's thinking. I mean, I don't I don't believe he would have thought that he'd have got a move in January because surely it would have been hammered home to him that you know, if Rangers were going to have any chance of winning this title, <clears throat> especially after winning at Celtic Park uh, in December, that they were going to need Morelos to the end of the season uh, to try and fire them towards the towards the title. So I don't think he would have believed that uh, he was off in January. How he's reacted since then is kind of unfathomable. I mean, he obviously had the suspension uh, when he came back. I think he had a wee injury as well, mm. Gerard touched on um, at one point. So that it's not been ideal coming back. His forum has been poor, uh, and I mean that in terms of his general play and his and his finishing. And then obviously this latest thing uh, just you know, puts his kind of future, his immediate future into and even more doubt. And that's why I say you no, know, it's difficult now in terms of Gerard and Rangers. You no, know, what do they do? If they decide right enough's enough and they want rid of him in the summer they somehow need to back. They somehow need to do that along with getting them up to a level where they're going to get a they're going to get a big fee and he's, he's scoring goals again. That's going to be a difficult uh, kind of dilemma for for Gerard as to how he how he does that. But as I said before, I think in the, uh, immediately, you no know, similar to when he cost Strangers with the, the red card last season at Celtic. And towards the end of the season, Gerard just left him out for four or five games and played the uh, played the four up front. Given uh, Camberry's impact and the job he did in in Braga, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the next uh, few games Camberry starts and Morelos has to has to suck it up a wee bit on the bench. Mm, and probably be quite right to do that too, given Camberry's form and uh, certainly against St Johnson. Right, we're going to call it a day there. Um, we will be back um, this time next week. Not us. We'll be in Cheltenham. We'll be in Cheltenham, Johnny. Not us. Oh, right. Well, I'll, I'll be back. Unless you want to do so the ra- racing a, podcast. You, you need to draft in two Camberries, <laughs> two backups. Cheltenham. You, Cheltenham. <laughs> you lucky swines. So, in fact... Are you actually there reporting or are you there? No, no, no. no we're, just, we're just going down. So, you're saying that we'll be back next week, but we might not because, I mean, if that line comes up... Then we might oh, be we might be maybe, retiring. This might be my last ever podcast. <laughs> we might be retiring, Johnny. Right. Well, there you go. Well, I'll be back with someone. No, no, God knows who, but someone no, nonetheless. No, I think we'll be back in two weeks. I think you know that, Scott. <laughs> and uh, we we will talk to you about all things related to Rangers. Then you can contact us in the meantime on Twitter. I'm at Johnny McFarlane. Scott's at Scott McDermott. A and Gavin is at Dr. Anders. What is it, Gav? <laughs> I only ask this just uh, just for the sheer comedy value of Gav having to sort of tip tap on his Nokia. Gavin Berry DR. Gavin Berry DR. Okay. Until next time. Thanks for listening.